0: I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Tuesday. Breaking this afternoon, the biggest NBA upset since at least 1995. Brooklyn Nets, 19-point underdogs, win outright versus the Bucks. Pelicans with a must-win victory last night. But Memphis Grizzlies still better than 50% to get the number 8 seed. Pelicans' odds nearly double up to 21%. And five minutes from now, Orlando Magic... They've gone over 14 straight on the total they tip off versus the Pacers in 5 minutes. Here comes That and More, a full hour of the Vegas Truth covering That and More.
1: You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is straight
0: out of Vegas
1: with the voice of Vegas, your host RJ Bell. Give me The, the pregame show America has always wanted I the future. I the future. from the Vegas Strip. Here's R.J. Bell.
0: I'm R.J. You heard it. This is Tuesday. It's breaking live radio, baby. Jonas, what do you think of this? Like, in minutes, we've got a game in which the Orlando Magic have gone over the total 14 straight games. They're playing the Pacers. Right now, the total is 224. What do you think?
2: I mean, I think we earned it. The fact that we didn't get an NCAA tournament, we didn't get March Madness and all the 9 a.m. Pacific time starts, we've earned the right to watch daytime basketball. We've paid our
0: As dues. a society, we yes. deserve it, baby. <laughs> Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. <laughs>
0: And it's, it's fascinating because you very rarely will see a, a team go over or under or cover or don't cover this much. And usually it's causing the adjustment. There's an adjustment as the team starts winning and losing. It's like, oh, look, they're horrible. Let's make it, you know, even the Patriots. The amazing story is the undefeated Patriots, or at least until the Super Bowl, they had a losing record against the spread the second half of the year. So, literally, you can win every game straight up, but if the public thinks you're good enough, they're going to adjust that line, the dastardly bookies, enough to even it out. And the very fact that Orlando's got 14 straight overs, and in the two games in the bubble, they went over by 35 points and 20 points. So, in game number 13 and 14 of this streak, literally over in two games by a combined 55 points over the total. I'm not sure how the adjustment adjusts for that.
2: Yeah, I was actually wondering about this because you pointed it out last week, I think it was, about the number of games that have gone over in the NBA. Just looking at a couple that it, that had been played just in the first couple of days. And I, and I wonder if... The high quality of basketball that we're seeing and the point output that we're seeing from these teams, I wonder if it's an indicator of we don't have to travel. And so maybe the travel was a bigger story in wearing some teams down to where all they've got to do is wake up in their room, go downstairs, and then just go play a game. There's no travel, no checking into a hotel at four in the morning, nothing like that at all. I just wonder if that is having some of an impact on this.
0: I mean, no groupies, as I, I mean, rumors <laughs> are they're out there. I don't, yes. you know, I've seen almost famous. I don't know. I'm not sure I agree with that, and and here's why. In general, fatigue leads to more scoring. And that doesn't sound right, but think about it. Do you ever see an NBA player too tired to shoot? It's no. usually they're too tired to play defense. Right. right. So if you go back historically and look at, let's say, the last game or, or, or next to last game of certain years, so game 81-82, where you have two teams – and neither are in the playoff hunt. Those games go oh I mean you know 250, 260 point. It's just a massive number of points because they're not it's like a summer league game. They're not playing D. Um now I do agree pace and this is always the paradox. Pace is affected by fatigue. So maybe you're shooting as well, but you're not shooting as much I think it's more about the foe. I mean, I, to be honest, I think that being down there, the focus of it, and 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 you could make the case the lack of distractions and the focus are kind of two sides of the same coin. And I think you'd be right to say that. But it, it just feels like they've got one job right now, and that's playing basketball. And in general, it's leading to a high quality or higher quality of play, I think, than it was expected, and a lot of scoring. Magic, though, are slightly different in that this has been going on for 14 games. And I would say they lost a, a key player, Isaac. And here's what's interesting. Magic lost him, I think it was last night even. Yeah On Sunday. Yeah. Oh, it was Sunday. Okay. Yeah. And he is probably going to lead, his absence will lead to more scoring, amazingly, because our assessment was neutral on offense and a pretty good defender. So. The only thing that worries me today, and I didn't play the over because I don't like playing trends like this. It just worries me, is I think the team was really down over his injury. Because this is a guy, and you might know more than me about it, where he got hurt on January one, Isaac for the magic, and he wasn't expected back this year. And he kept working and working, and even you know, this is opposite of let's say the Nets and some of that situation with, with um, their stars, but literally it was like he kept saying, I want to play if we come back. I want to play if we come back. And finally, literally just a couple days ago, they said, all right, he's ready to go. And he was playing well and, boom, blew his knee out. I, I, they said there were tears on the court. The players were crying. Yeah. If, 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 a, if a teammate is that emotionally connected to his team – you got to wonder if his team is going to be down today.
2: Yeah, and I was also that on the heels of him standing for the national anthem, getting a lot of criticism on social media because he didn't take a knee like the rest of his teammates, and him giving his reasons as to why he did it. And he came across, and everything I've heard about him or read about him, like a genuinely really, really super nice guy. Not a partier, not one of these guys that's out and about, just a super nice guy. And then after him deciding to stand for the national anthem to blow his knee out and tear the ACL uh, in the middle of that game on Sunday, it's it's terrible.
0: Terrible. Thing. And and the, f- and the fact that he would be counter to the majority – and still be respected. That's, yeah. that's the toughest thing in anything, right? Is if you can go your own way, have your reasons, your teammates, your partners, whatever, say, I understand he must be a hell of a man. Just on the court, defense, 81st percentile, net defense, 54th net offense. So it looks like, you know, it, 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 this leads to a situation where the D is better and now you're removing that. And it seems like scoring is going to go up even more. I question the peso uh, if the Magic will be depressed or not. Now, speaking of history, we had one this afternoon.
2: Yeah, earlier today in the bubble in Orlando, it was the Brooklyn Nets beating the Milwaukee Bucks 119-116 the final. And, RJ, you being the voice of Vegas, know where this acts up historically when it comes to upsets in the NBA.
0: Well, our database goes back to 1995. We trust back to 1995. This is the biggest upset in the NBA during those years. In recorded point spread history, pregame.com, biggest upset. Now, what have we said? High variance. High variance. Things are going to happen that you wouldn't expect to happen. That's certainly the case here. I mean, when you have... 25 years of data, and this afternoon happened to be the biggest upset ever. It's a sign. It's a little bit of a sign. Now, if you had bet 100 bucks on Brooklyn, you would have won 1500. So 15 wow. to one payoff. And by the way, favorites during this time from 1995 onward, who were favored by 17 points or more. So this was Brooklyn was a 19 point underdog. So the Bucks were 19 point favorites. 17 or more, 86 and 0 straight up. 86 and 0 <laughs> till this afternoon, now 86 and 1, 15 to 1 underdog. What do you think?
2: I mean, you know, there had to be somebody somewhere. So that's a lot of points, but it's a sure thing that Milwaukee's going to win this game outright. So let me go ahead and bet him on the money line. What was the money line?
0: <laughs> <like>? Now, <laughs> well, I wish I would have booked that one. <laughs> Now, it's funny because the Milwaukee Bucks this year, on January 1, they were lane 18, and they beat Minnesota by only two. So in this era, the closest call of any game up to this point was Mo- this very Milwaukee team, this very season, favored by 18 and winning by two, now favored by 19 and losing the game. So obviously something about this Milwaukee Bucks team, when they have it locked up seemingly, they don't take it all that seriously, which goes against their amazing um, net margin. If you look at their score and their net margin, it's historically good, but against these really bad teams, they don't seem to play hard.
2: Should anybody be favored by 18 points when there's no home court advantage?
0: Well, that brings up a great point, because if this a vast majority of the times there's been such a big favorite, that's been the home team. So if you just do the simple math, if Milwaukee was home for this game, let's call it three and a half points for home in the NBA. I think that's fair. This line would have been 22 and a half. Wow. Now, Milwaukee might have won the game, but to have such a big favor with it not being a home game is rare. In fact, here's what we'll do. Let's take our first break. When we come back, we're talking about this, and I'll tell you how many times it hasn't been a home team amongst all those gigantic favorites, plus Lakers clinch.
2: That's coming up next, but first straight out of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone has more ways for you to get what you need when you need it with their free same-day pickup. You can place your order online and grab what you need today at more than 5,700 AutoZone locations, in-store, curbside. Visit AutoZone.com today to start your job fast. Get in the zone. AutoZone. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox, this is the pregame show you've always wanted,
1: right here on Fox Sports Radio.
3: Straight out of Vegas!
1: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
0: I'm RJ Bell. We are Straight Out of Vegas,
1: and
2: I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will get into one team that has clinched the top spot in basketball.
0: We were worried about the Pacers or the Magic starting slow, right, Jonas? Yeah. Sixteen to three, Pacers winning. <laughs> Sixteen to three over the Magic. Why wasn't I thinking first quarter? <laughs> Seriously, I mean, it's so obvious now, right? If you're worried the team's going to come out flat, they're going to come out flat early. Well, that's uh,
2: that's kind of been your thought on the New Orleans Saints, correct? Thanks. Well,
0: specifically against Tampa Bay because they they end up starting slow anyway. Though Drew Brees has said he will stand, he's already announced that. So at least now that not kneel for the anthem. I think that's going to cause a lot of drama in itself. Even though we don't we no, kind of know what he's going to do, that which made me think he might be distracted early in that game. But remember, Saints have played horribly the first two games of the year for like six years now. Yeah, really bad. Yeah. So great day to join us. This is the fastest-growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Our audience has more than doubled in the last year. We thank you so much for that, and you have my personal promise this will be the best football season yet. You can listen on 225 stations across this great country. And if you're not sure your station, just go to FoxSportsRadio.com, and you can look it up. Right now in Las Vegas, on the Strip, 106 degrees, and the neon is chugging.
2: So, RJ, we were talking about, and we are going to get to the Lakers clinching the number one spot in the Western Conference, but we did have a massive upset earlier today for people just tuning in, uh, an upset that we haven't seen in over 20 years. It was the Brooklyn Nets over the Milwaukee Bucks, 119-116 earlier in
3: Orlando.
0: One game. If we played them ten times, they might win nine,
3: but not this game. Not tonight.
0: We're not quite nine Out of 10, but rather 86 straight. 86 straight times since 1995. A favorite in the NBA of more than 17 points has won the game. Until this afternoon, Milwaukee Bucks go down, Brooklyn Nets win. Now, you asked me, how unusual is this, RJ, that a non-home team is this big of a favor? Amongst those 86 teams... 86 of them were home teams. So this is the (laughs) biggest non-home favorite we've seen in recorded point spread history. We trust going back to 1995, 25 years. And by the way, we have a new trend. If you have a favorite of more than 17 points who isn't at home, 0-1. (laughs) Yes, that's true. Yep, yep, that's true. Hey, I don't know if that's worthy of a play next time. (laughs) But – and what's interesting is is this really is almost like a Rudy moment. And it shows you how much talent there is. I mean, this was effectively a G League squad for the Nets. They only had – they had seven of nine players that played in their last game in March. So let's say that last game in March was the key – Only two of the nine were there. So literally a team that was decimated without Kyrie, without Durant, then lost seven of their nine best players. And eight of the 11 Nets players have played in a G League game this season. Three of the Nets starters were undrafted. And only one starter played more than five games for the Nets this season. Or it started more than five. So literally, this was a team full of second stringers. I mean, if this was like wrestling, Hulk Hogan would have been in one place, <laughs> and this was like, let's say, um, uh, the, Brutus the Barber Beefcake was headlining the B show,
2: the Brooklyn, the <laughs> Brooklyn Brawler. Yeah,
0: yeah, and those, somehow yeah. they beat the the Bucks, and it goes to show you. Anyone that questions how important motivation is, this is all. I mean, could can you imagine that? Milwaukee was max motivated. If you look at this Bucks team, net margin, that is simply how many points do you win by or lose by over the course of a season. Fifth best net margin ever. Milwaukee, 11 points per game. And it's a situation where net margin is such an amazing predictor of victory in the playoffs. In fact, Mackenzie and research, take again, there's something like six or seven of the best net margin teams have won it.
3: Yep, the Nets are um, sorry, the Bucs are fifth. The four teams with a higher net margin have all won the championship.
0: So think about that. Every team that's done as well or a little bit better here than the Bucs across the season have been the NBA champions. Bucks would be the best team ever in that margin not to win the title if they don't win and then they get beat by a bunch of G-leaguers, motivation matters.
2: And there's got to be somebody somewhere that bet on Brooklyn to win on the Monday Oh, night. for
0: sure, there's, 15 there's to 1? Be. Yes,
2: because that's that's something I always do, because I always just look at it like, you know, sooner or later, something's going to— like, I always bet the underdog in a heavyweight fight, because I just look at it and go, all right, well, sooner or later, all he takes is one shot, and and everybody's going to sleep, so why not take the under—but I'm an idiot, and I don't know how to gamble. So.
0: And they ask you, I think, in, in like, who'd you bet, Jonas? And you go— <laughs> Puncher's chance and take a drink of beer, right?
2: <laughs> that's all it is. That's what that's my move.
0: Well, speaking of that, Lakers more I guess the heavyweight champions in the West.
2: Yeah, that's right. The LA Lakers clinched the top spot in the Western Conference last night. 116-108 was the final over the Utah Jazz
0: in Orlando. Wow, look at this. I don't I, I hate scoreboard shows, but the Pacers are up thirty-two to fourteen. But, but there's still three minutes and 40 seconds left in the first quarter. This looks like it's going to be a high-scoring game, even <laughs> though the Magic haven't scored that much. Jeez. All right. To me, this, what this makes me wonder is how good are the Lakers tomorrow or their next game? Because to me, uh, they don't play tonight, but it's like I think LeBron wanted to make a statement against the Clippers – I think LeBron wanted to get this baby clinched. And then you gotta wonder, like, what's the motivation from here? They're not gonna catch Milwaukee. And it doesn't matter, right? Because whoever comes out of the East, it's gonna be a neutral court. It matters within conference because you want to play the eighth team instead of the seventh, especially with the Mavs potentially. So in general, kudos to the Lakers. Let's give LeBron his due. But I got big question marks about motivation of the Lakers from here to the start of the playoffs.
2: Yeah, I would agree. And I, I think this is really they wanted to get this out of the way. They wanted to, you know, seal this thing up and then really start to to rest guys, maybe get in some some role players, get them some minutes so that they can, you know, get acclimated to what's happening in the bubble and how it may be different from p- playing in L.A. Although based on LeBron's comments after the game in which he said, you know, they said I couldn't do it. Uh, you know, I'm going to take enjoyment in this one. I don't know where you guys that from, so I'm sure he'll make up some sort of a motivating factor for the final games of the season.
0: Well, but i got to be honest with you. I give... I'm not a LeBron guy, right? Is I appreciate him, but I think of him more like Kareem. And, hey, Kareem's Kareem, right? We just say one name all these years later, and you know yeah. Kareem. And yeah, I bet there's kids shooting hook shots right now in their driveway, right? Yeah. So give him Kareem some credit. But he was an accumulator of amazing stats, not so much a champion, or let's say a guy that was tenacious for the title, however you want to describe Michael Jordan versus, let's say, a Kareem. And, you know, obviously he got with Magic, and Magic was more so like that, and he won you know multiple titles with Magic. And, you know, people make the case, I think it was the 86 team, that Kareem might have been the oldest player ever to be the number one option on a championship team, that even, I think you'd say, 86 – that if they needed a bucket to clinch a game, Kareem was getting the ball. Yeah. How often is it? I think he was like 39 at that point. I mean, give him a ton of credit. Now, what do we see with LeBron? Longevity. And, you know, Kareem did win. It just flashed up for me the 85 NBA Finals MVP in 85. I mean, so the guy kept himself in amazing shape. He was yoga, all kind of new age things, which is a lot like LeBron – but I think this year, with a new player in AD, and obviously he's a heck of a player, but to take over effectively point guard responsibilities at his age, especially with the mouse on his legs, I think this is one of the more— I mean, if I think about LeBron's—like, if I was going to make the case of how good he was— this is in the top five, first five things I say for his career. What do you think?
2: Yeah, as far as leadership goes, and just his ability to get the most out of out of teammates, I would say that I just have a hard time when he brings up this. You know, nobody said I could do it, and all it's it feels like these are straw man arguments. I don't know who said the Lakers weren't going to be a top team in the West. They they acquired Anthony Davis, who's on the less handful of players who you would consider best overall player in the league. And last year, we can say whatever we want, but it looked like LeBron. James mailed it in so I have a hard time giving him all this credit in the world When we know a year ago, he was drinking wine walking into the game. So, I just, you know, it's it's tough for me.
0: Poor guy in that wine. He probably made a mistake (laughs) there, I think. That, I mean, if he made his list of mistakes, it'd be, well, I think we got to go with the decision number one. But that wine, and it was Boone's Farm. I mean, that's the thing you can't even. I mean, if it was 200 bucks. I mean, allegedly, allegedly. I'm R.J. Bell, straight out of Vegas. Last thing on the NBA. Let's talk about the eighth seed and the battle for that eighth playoff spot because against my pick now, so we had a loser. First one in a while. We want to face it square on. Okay, enough of that. (laughs) We got a loser because I actually thought there was value on Memphis. I call them sometimes the Vancouver Grizzlies, but let's just say Memphis and Zion and the Pelicans with the win. What was your takeaway?
2: Uh, Zion, it looked like there was a concerted effort from Alvin Gentry and the coaching staff to say, yeah, he's going to be playing down the stretch in this game. I think they realize they're running out of wiggle room. Uh, I think they realize he's got to start playing better, and they need to have him out there longer. And Zion played absolutely the best game of, of all all these games inside the bubble, and it was a big win for New Orleans, who needed it desperately because they looked like they were completely completely out of it uh, and, and completely lackluster in Sunday's game against the Clippers.
0: And if you look at the odds now, this is from the ringer. So they model this out. Grizzlies, as we said in the headlines, topping the show at six on the dot, six Eastern every day. Get to sports betting headlines. It's, my, it's appointment radio is what they call it in the business. Yeah. John, Did you it's know a, about that? Yeah, of course. Yeah. If I'm not here one day, you can do the headlines. I mean, it'll be, you know, it'll be like, oh my God, finally a professional announcer doing this. <laughs> the Grizzlies, though, better than a 50% chance to get the eight seed. So, you know, big loss for them. They've owned three, right? Yeah. In the bubble. Yeah. But still better than 50%. Pelicans odds nearly double up to 21%. So still on the outside looking in, but it's competitive. You've got, uh, I'm going by memory here, Spurs, I think, about 10%, and Portland, about 10%. Is it, Yeah, in fact, that's exactly right, looking at it.
2: I wonder so, which team the Lakers would least like to see in that opening round, because I would think it would be Portland.
0: Really? See, that's yeah. fascinating, because you would think... You know the NBA won Zion, of obviously. Course. Yeah, and plus and you the, got trade,
2: show- the trade in the offseason, New Orleans and, and L.A., you see Anthony Davis against his ex-teammates, uh, Brandon Ingram, so that's another storyline to it.
0: That's a good one. And my gut feeling is I want to avoid the Michael Jordan against the Celtics situation where, remember, he put up 63. Yeah. Is That's fatiguing. I mean, Boston won, but that's fatiguing. And I think the Lakers have to worry about fatigue because by all accounts, Chris Broussard, part of Fox Sports Radio on After This Show with The Odd Couple, he was on with Colin and he's one of many that are talking about the main weakness of the Lakers is their perimeter defense. And with some of the injuries that's happened or some of the opt-outs, it's gotten worse. And against a big team... They're pretty good. So, I mean, you look at the Pelicans, I mean, their real strength is Zion. He's not an outside guy. He's an inside guy. I think in a weird way, Zion's probably got the most upside of any of the players that are competitive for the eighth seed. But I think the Lakers match up well against them. So I don't think they would mind Zion as much because the Houston type teams, which are not going to play in the first round. But a Houston-type team, I think, is a big potential problem yeah. for the Lakers because of lack of perimeter defense.
2: Yeah, and that's why I wonder if, if they look at Portland and go, eh, maybe we should avoid that backcourt because you got Dame Lillard, you got McCollum, uh, they're getting uh, 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 Nurkic back. He came back healthy. He's now playing in the bubble. And so you just look at their lineup and look at how they play. And Dame Lillard's a big-time player in big-time moments. I just wonder, without Avery Bradley, which is becoming more and more apparent that that's a bad loss for the Lakers mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. their perimeter def- defense, as you pointed out? I just wonder if they look at
0: Portland and go, "That might be a scary matchup for us." And my my understanding is Rondo may be back. Is that what you're hearing?
2: Yeah, I, I, he may be back later on. I don't think he would be back for the first
0: round. Yeah, um, yeah. But but thinking about that Houston, I mean, to me, we talked at length about Houston. The more I dug into that, is the Rockets are playing a style of basketball that the Earth has never seen. Yeah. And I mean, Daryl Morey, it it's kind of gets to be a cliche about a Harvard, blah, blah, blah. But the fact is, very intelligent guy. Yeah. And to make a decision like this when you can make the case, careers are on the line. I don't know how many more rolls of the dice Daryl Morey has. And he rolled on Westbrook. And man, oh, man, I mean, I, let's just say this by all accounts, it's exceeded expectations. Right? I so. Mean-
2: yeah. Well, yeah I, was, I mean, they've tried everything. I mean, they had Golden State at home with a lead, and James Harden couldn't hit a shot in the fourth quarter. He couldn't make a basket. So and Chris Paul was injured. So it feels like this is really their last ditch effort to try and get it done with this style of play, with Golden State no longer a factor.
0: And the owner with a lot of financial trouble through COVID, where he had you know, owns uh, a number of restaurant chains. And I think Fleming's is part of that, but a lot of the known chains. And it's like, if anyone's getting hurt the most, it's probably restaurants and bars. Who's to say how erratic is that? You know, when you have trouble on one side of your business, you usually want returns on the other side. Right. So I, I think he, there's probably a short leash there. But you make a good point, and then we'll go to breaking is based upon the odds, the Golden State teams. Of the last few years, were the best teams in NBA history. Meaning, when the season started, they were upwards of minus 200 to win. So you had to bet $2 to win a dollar. Michael Jordan, in his prime, during the Bulls' second time around, even after winning 72 games, there was a situation where it was usually the Bulls at even money, rest of the field. So instead of 100 won 100 on Chicago, it took 200 to win 100 on Golden State. They were that much better. Than the rest of the league. And Houston, two separate times, could have beat them, which would have meant they had beaten the best team in nba history effectively at least based upon the odds houston was so close i mean does that mean that maybe houston those houston teams were maybe the fourth best team in nba history because if you <laughs> almost beat the yeah. best how good are you
2: yeah it, it's like uh, when you see some of these guys that are playing roger federer and you uh, they, they just couldn't beat him when he was in his prime and you wonder all right is it that those guys aren't all-time greats or they're just in an era with an all-time
0: great, and we'll never know how really good they were. Except they got four cracks a year, right? Yes, right. That's true. And in Very basketball, true. you get you – know, and that's where Sample – and that's the whole Billy Bean. If you look back on Moneyball, do you say that was a failure? No titles? Yeah. Or do you say making the playoffs is the victory, and from there, it's the roll of the dice? All the math guys want to tell you that, but by the way – those are the guys that want a longer leash, because when they lose, they want there will be an excuse. So I'm not saying they're not right, that it is small sample size, but to some degree, it doesn't matter. you got to win. That's what makes it is our unreasonableness as a country is what makes America great. Yeah, I agree. Or at least winners. <laughs> I agree. I think the most interesting— NFL preview of them all so far. The Jets, Sam Darnold, it's not going to be pretty.
1: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Straight
2: Out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. You can check out the show on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of You, the fan. He is the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell.
0: Remember in Casino, Jonas, where he said that whenever a guy who was trying to leave couldn't leave, he would start betting small? Yes. And every time he would win, he wasn't thinking about how much he won. He was thinking about what he could have won. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm thinking about this show. You know, like, I'll get to the check for today's show. It'll be nice. But I'm looking at this magic. At the end of the first quarter, it was 43 23, the Magic were losing, and we said, slow start. (laughs) But somehow, some way, even though they only scored 20, well, I guess it was 43-22 at the end of the first. So since they only scored 22 points, you'd think, oh, my God, it's going to go under, right? The 224 is the number. They're on pace for 260 points, even though Orlando only scored 22. 43-22 is on pace to 260. That would be the 15th straight over, as we announced at the top of the show. On the magic.
2: Well, and now you got to do what I do, which is you root openly against for the under because you don't want it to turn into I I lost money, I could have won. So now you become petty about it like I do. And then you just root for the under the whole way.
0: No, because I think about the country, Jones. I'm not, I mean, some people are very self involved. (laughs) I'm not judging you and Fazek (laughs) in that regard. (laughs) But I I think about all the people listening, right? So, all right, here's what we're going to do take our last break. When we come back, Colin Cowherd loves Sam Darnold. I don't think there's a genetic relationship, but sometimes it feels like there is. I'm going to crush them with numbers.
2: That's coming up next. But first, Straight Out of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone has more ways for you to get what you need when you need it with their free same day pickup. You can place your order online and grab what you need today at more than 5,700 AutoZone locations, in store, curbside. Visit AutoZone.com today to start your job fast. Get in the zone, AutoZone. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio.
1: Straight Out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
0: I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas.
2: And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. So, R.J., we've been counting down from 32 to 1 the NFL team rankings according to you guys' Steve Fezzik and R.J. Bell, the voice of Vegas. And we get to team number 26, and they are an AFC East representative known as the New York Jets.
0: Oh, this is going to be the most interesting one yet. Pull up your chair. Get out your pencil because there's a lesson here, Jonas. Super Bowl odds for the Jets, 100 to 1. Season win total, 6.5. So seven wins would exceed expectations. Six would fall short. Division odds just to win the East, 9 to 1. Okay. First question you got to ask yourself, Sam Darnold. Now, we know Colin here at FSR loves him. It's, it's really um, a mystery. Why so much? But we'll leave, you know, who knows? Right? could be, you know, innocent. But the fact is, you can't even judge the Jets without judging Darnold. We got Steve Fezzik, our pro football expert, his take on Darnold. He hasn't
3: been very good, 28th in QBR in 2018, last year 25th, currently my number 29 rated quarterback. The narrative is that Darnold improved throughout the year after he had mono and that the Jets won because of it. The truth, the Jets won despite Darnold, specifically the last five games of the year. If you look at Darnold's stats, below average, each and every game, his last
0: five. Now think about that. QBR is the best single stat in quarterbacking. Just not even a debate really. It's not a perfect stat. nothing is. But 50 means average. In fact, these days 53, 54 means average because since they set the average, quarterbacking has improved. But let's just call it 50. Last five games, Now I know mono can be devastating. I mean, I you know, I remember kids, you know, they could hardly go to the school dance the next week. I mean, it, it was a tough thing. But I saw the Brady Bunch. But here's the thing, is when you play five games to end the year, and we keep hearing about how strong the Jets ended, because they did as a team. And in the first of those five games, Darnold does worse than an average quarterback. Second, worse. Third, worse. Fourth, worse. Five, worse. Five straight games. Five straight performances below average. How that can be anything but below average, I don't know. Pro Football Focus did a projection. They look at the first two years of a quarterback, and they say, where do they project to, to be ultimately? And if you look at where Darnold is, literally his comps, his comparables, are Blake Bortles, Geno Smith, Christian Ponder, Mark Sanchez just that simple it's math
2: yeah and what you hear other quarterbacks that are criticized like trubisky and you look at his career so far compared to sam darnold's i think trubisky's been hands down a better quarterback i would actually argue if you look at that draft class that came out baker mayfield sam darnold josh allen lamar jackson and josh rosen I don't I don't know if I would put ba- I don't know if I'd put Sam Darnold's career thus far ahead of anybody's other than Josh Rosen who hasn't gotten. Yeah, no
0: chance even. Yeah. I don't even think you can. Yeah. It doesn't mean he can't turn it around. It means history says this is his level. Baker Mayfield is projected way better. He's yeah. right there with Dak Prescott, if you look at pro football focus. Okay. We got a bonus best bet from Fez. It's a total over under Le'Veon Bell.
3: Jets running back, Le'Veon Bell, under 875 rush yards. It's all about the offensive line for the Jets, five new projected starters. Now, this might actually be an upgrade for the Jets' O-line. However, I am very concerned about how they're going to mesh with Le'Veon Bell, who runs with a unique running style where he often hesitates and then evaluates the blocking scheme of his O-line and then makes his cut. Not being familiar with the O line and how they set their blocks is going to be a big disadvantage to Levion. I expect Bell will struggle early in the year with these changes to the O line. Bell, under 875 rush yards, best bet.
0: I'd be much less than 875. But Levion Bell, under very sophisticated point from Steve Fezzik, pregame.com, which is Levion has a unique running style. You might have upgraded that O line. It's going to take a while, that transition, especially in a COVID era. So, I think Bell starts slow at minimum, and then this being likely the last year he'll be in New York, based upon the buyout and all that, how much does he want to bang his head at the end of the year? We know he makes business decisions.
2: I mean, if he has over 875 yards, I think it's an indicator that they don't fully trust Sam Darnold because they're running the ball a lot.
0: That's a fascinating point. And what is certainly an indicator they don't trust Darnold is the fact they traded away their best defensive player with for a play to the future when this is supposed to be the time when you have a good quarterback, and we'll put that in quotes, a good quarterback on a rookie deal is when you're supposed to be able to win it. Okay, last thing here, and this is fascinating. Fascinating. If you look at the teams that have entered a season, all right, so if we look at this, they had a losing record the previous season, so seven wins or less. And we're going back four years now. Those teams, there's 54 of them. So the Jets fall right in the middle of that, as in they're a losing team last year. And the question is, what does their win total do? Does it go up or down? Because they were bad last year. In only six cases, including the Jets, did the win total go down compared to the number of wins last year. So the Jets won last year seven games. This year, they have a win total of six and a half. So they have a losing record last year and a win total less this year. Only has happened six out of 54 times. Why? It's because usually... Almost always a team that loses the year prior is the kind of team that got bad breaks, maybe a bunch of injuries. The Jets had a lot of injuries. right? It might be something where they had a tough schedule, a lot of turnovers, all these different things. Jets actually led the league in injuries. You would think they'd bounce back. They won seven games last year. But somehow, only about 10% of teams do they expect to regress, even though they were a losing team last year. But if you look at the list, Jonas, almost all of them were in tank mode or first-year head coach. You've never had—it's really rare to have a veteran coach and a quarterback in place and have your win total go down after a losing year. This is an extreme amount of pessimism for the Jets in the marketplace.
2: Straight out of Vegas has been brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone has more ways for you to get what you need when you need it with their free same-day pickup. You can place your order online and grab what you need today at more than 5,700 AutoZone locations in-store or curbside. Visit AutoZone. Zone.com today to start your job fast get in the zone auto zone we are back tomorrow 6 p.m eastern time three o'clock pacific right here on fox sports radio